So I'm trying to get to a place where we can talk about the spirit of Cain. And the Lord arrested me this morning, so we've got to talk about something else before we get there. But here's what I want you to be thinking about between now and next week. The Lord God Almighty describes Himself as both the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And one of the things we're going to look at when we do the Spirit of Cain is how God seems to work in bookends. There's a start and there's a finish. And that's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And we're going to look at the correlation between the entrance of demonic forces into the earth and its correlation with those spirits that are riding on the uh, horses, the four horsemen of Revelation. And we're going to kind of tie those two things together, how those things came in. And how they came in as seeds and began and they've grown into fruition uh, in the end of the age. And these things are coming forth. So those of you who haven't, let me encourage you to go to Sam Solon's website, www.solon.com. He has a tab on there that says Current Affairs. I would recommend, if you haven't, that you listen to everything from uh, The Man Above the Water through today, through everything. But especially... Listen to the last series that deals with the four horsemen. I think it would be critical for where we're, we're headed in this direction of talking about the spirit of Cain and the beginning of deception in the earth, the beginning of sin, how these things laid out and how, what they've done to mankind since then. So, but before we do that, we've got to talk about something else. So, if I ask you to describe God, what would you say? Okay. God is all in all. I'll give you that one. That one's biblical. <laughs> Any other words? Father, all sovereign. That's a good one. Way to go, Louie. No competition here. There, there's that spirit of Cain coming out right there. Anything else? Is he merciful? Is he kind? Good, kind, merciful, loving, gentle. What? Selfless. Selfless. Jealous. <coughs> so, why is God merciful to you? Tommy can't talk. Okay. Okay. 
attributes. Very good, Saul. It's in his attributes. It's in his character. We have been taught, I think we have been taught, we have been deceived into believing that God will be, if I do things right, I can make God be merciful. If I can do things well enough, He'll love me. If I can do things well enough, He'll be kind to me. Is there ever a day of your life that God has not been merciful, loving, kind, generous, any aspect of that that hadn't? That's, he can't be any other way. If he was, he would not be God. He is incapable of not being merciful. He, even in his discipline, he's merciful. You have it on good record that in his discipline, he's loving. He disciplines those he loves. <clears throat> you know, God, we all know that God said he is our provider, our protector, and we, that's where we get our identity. And that's, you know, that is the bare minimum of the things that we need. He'll give us everything we need for life and godliness. That's who God is. He's going to do that. But we've been taught, and when, and when we act on this, we're really denying the blood of Christ. We've been taught that if I'm obedient enough, I'll get more of the good stuff. Isn't that right? God will be kinder, more loving, more merciful <clears throat> if I'm good enough. And that's not true at all. Obedience should be there. Obedience should be our attribute. Because he's kind and merciful and good, he's a provider, protector, he's the source of my identity, that's what should make me want to be obedient. But obedience toward God is the minimum expectation of God. He, he created us expecting us to be obedient. And we don't get brownie points for the better obedience we are. That's the minimum requirement of the character of a son of God. God just assumes you're going to be obedient. Now, he's patient, and he lets you mature up, and he, you know, he's given us this free will. He knows. I mean, think about this. I, hear, I have a lot of people say to me, well, you know, why doesn't God deal with all this wickedness that's going on? Well, he can't because of his character. In the days of Noah, when God regretted ever having made man, he gave him 120 years. He said, I will not contend with man forever. His days will be numbered 120 years. 120 years later, when man had not corrected their way, the flood came. But after the flood, remember what God said. Noah offered up his offering to God, and he smelt it, and the aroma was pleasing good to him. And he thought to himself, <clears throat> never again will I curse the ground. Never again will I do this thing. Never again will I destroy all of mankind, even though man's heart is turned toward evil all his days. In spite of the wickedness of man, I'm going to restrain myself and let this play out. And that's where we are. I mean, he, he's given us free will. 
He woos us. He, he's merciful to us. He tries to draw us in. But we have free will, even though our hearts turn toward wickedness all the time. And he won't do anything until the end of the age, until the end of this natural age. And then at that point, he'll judge everything and, and it'll be dealt with. But God can't deal with it harshly or the way he did previously because of his character. But it, it nonetheless, he's looking for obedience in man. He wants us to carry his glory. And you get the benefit of all of that just for showing up. You didn't do anything to earn his mercy. You didn't do anything to earn his love. Long before, while you were still in his mind, and even before creation, he chose to slay, slay the lamb to provide the, his own sacrifice for our sins in order that we might be reconciled. We think it's a big deal to God. We think it's a big deal, and God should give us brownie points for saying, yeah, I received Christ as my Savior. I, I told Tommy and I was talking about this, it's like me having a meal, providing the meat, and and preparing the meal, and Tommy coming to my house and him eating it, and me and him wanting me to feel good about him eating what I gave him. That's kind of the way we are with with accepting Christ. We think God ought to be impressed by that. No. That is the opportunity we have to be reconciled to God our Father. Let me bring us down to a little bit more everyday thing. For 46 and a half years, I've been the benefactor of her love. I hadn't earned it, don't deserve it, haven't done anything to gain her love. That's the way God made her. He put the love of God in her, and I get the benefit of it. I have a, as you can tell, I'm well fed. <laughs> I'm, uh, I have a wardrobe in my closet. I, people ask me where I get my clothes, and I say, out of the closet, because I do, because she goes and buys all my clothes. One of her acts of love is to do that. She takes good care of me. So what did I do to deserve her love? Well, all I did was show up at the dance hall one night and hear all this, <laughs> this benefit came of, of getting that. Well, it's the same way with God. We, we have not, there's nothing that would qualify us to deserve the love of God other than his character. There's nothing I can do you know, I'm I'm wicked man who, you know, I deserve death. And it's not mortal death, it's spiritual death. I deserve, uh, you know, to be separated from God. That's what we deserve because we've all sinned and fallen short of his glory. But God, in, I mean, he created us with the intent that we would carry his glory. That's the only purpose in man is that we would, would reflect him not ourselves. And it's important that we come to understand that. That there is absolutely nothing we have done that would justify God's love, His mercy, His kindness, His gentleness, His provision, His protection, His identifying us as His Son. There's nothing we have done that would justify that. That's totally based on His character. And as a result, we should humble ourselves and, and with thanksgiving rejoice in his mercy that he sends to us. Just because we showed up, God.
God loves us. Now, my point is being, being this. We know that in the principles of the kingdom of God, there is one that says a nation will always go the way of its king. Undeniable. He told the Israelites, you don't want a king, you want me to be your king, because a nation will always go the way of its king. And we've seen this throughout history. If you have a good king, it'll be a good nation. If you have a bad king, it'll be a bad nation. <clears throat> we are seeing revealed in the earth today a spirit of narcissism. Narcissism being it's all about me. It's all I've never heard a president who said so much, I've never done more for the black community, or I have done more for the black community than any other president. I've done more for the economy than any other president. I've done, it's all about him, 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 what he's done. Unemployment level in, in Hispanic and, and black communities lower than it's ever been. I've, nobody's ever done more for them than me. And he's taking credit for anything and everything that God may have done through him. Um, I'll give him credit. He stewarded a pretty good economy. He had the economy going pretty good. But he didn't do it. The living God did it. In our narcissistic, because our king is narcissistic, our world will become, our nation, the, his nation, will become narcissistic. It'll all be about what we've done, how dependent we are on self, how, what I can accomplish, me, 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 me. And it's not just our president, you, the Speaker of the House, the head of the Senate. You know, they're all that way. They're all raising up their hand talking about what they did rather than humbling themselves to the great opportunity to reflect the glory of God. So understand that in the nation of America, in the nation of the United States of America, the king of that nation, being narcissistic, is going to cause the spirit of narcissism to permeate our nation. And you're going to see more and more people become narcissistic. But we shouldn't be surprised by this. We were told in Romans, one of the attributes was when we failed to retain God in our knowledge, when we failed to acknowledge God as all-sovereign, over all things, and that it's his will that's being done, one of the things that would come forth is men would become lovers of themselves. Greedy, envious, jealous. All these things would be produced because we fail to retain God in our knowledge. In the wave, in the tsunami of the birth pangs of the end of the age, as things are coming on, as things are coming on faster and faster. And we are called to look at things from a, look at things from above. One of the things we need to recognize is the spirit of narcissism is running amok. And people, uh, <clears throat> people are going to take credit for things that's not due to them. Now, they may have gotten the opportunity to carry the glory of God in that situation. But we need to remember this is his glory. It's him that's doing the work. For you guys, what I say to y'all to remember is this. The truth is, you're not Americans. You live in America, 
but you're not Americans. The king of your nation said, yeah, Pontius, you're right to call me a king, but you must understand my kingdom is not of this world. You guys are above all of this, all of this hatred, this narcissism, this jealousy, this envy, this racism, this uh, spirit of murder, this spirit of destruction. We're way above it. Our kingdom is above that stuff. That should not be a part of us in any way. Has the demonic forces been released? And that's what we're going to be talking about. These things are in the earth. And you're in the earth, but you're not of it. And so don't let those things touch you. Don't let them come of you. The truth is this, guys. There are two races in the earth. Sons of God and mankind. In both mankind and sons of God, there are many ethnic groups. There are many uh, ethnicities that come from different regions of the world that have different uh, genetic backgrounds and things like this. And they're in both. Some of them are sons of God and some of them are just part of mankind. But those are not races. Mankind is a race. Sons of God are a race. All these other things are ethnic groups or kingdoms. And we know in the world there will be kingdoms against kingdoms and nation against nation, ethnos against ethnos. These things are going to happen, but you're not a part of them. We're not a part of them. There is no place. Well, we'll get the, the spirit of Cain is what produces it, and we're going to talk about that next week. But there's no place for that in us. Jealousy, envy, comparison. We're all unique. How do you compare? If you have two unique objects, how can you compare them? How can you rate one better than the other? How can you say one's more privileged than the other and be righteous in your thinking? Unique is unique. Nothing will compete with that thing. Nobody does drilling like Louis does drilling. Right? Nobody can compete with that thing because you're unique. There may be another driller out there but he's different than you. Nobody does two things the same. God anoints us for this stuff. He brings us forth. He gives us the privilege to put his glory on display on a daily basis. And we need to acknowledge that. But we need to quit thinking that. We need to not allow the spirit of religion that says, if I do enough good things, God will love me more. That's not true. He, God cannot, it is impossible for God to love you more than he does already. He loved you so much that he provided a sacrifice that you might be reconciled to him. The closest thing you did was to acknowledge that. And that, that's it. You really, you, we, we, when I say we make a big deal out of us receiving Jesus, all we're doing is acknowledging the truth that God did it all that he took care of everything on my behalf and I should be indebted to him because it, everything that exists, everything that we know, everything that comes forth came out of God. There's nothing that exists, nothing that was or is or is to be that did not come out of the person of the living God. Everything came out of him. Who gets up every day 
and feeds nature. Who makes sure the earth is turning in the proper way for the sun to rise every day? Who balanced the ecosystem? I mean, <laughs> if, can, the, can we have global warming apart from God? Now, we may not be stewarding our earth correctly. That may have a little bit of it. But I read it pretty clear in Scripture that there'll be seasons of heat and seasons of cold and a time to grow and a time to harvest. All of these things will come forth under the order of God. As Louis said, he's sovereign over all things. And we have to come to a level of understanding that completely. I've, I've said to several people, we're at a season, we're at a time where there is no decision too small to take before the Holy Spirit. Every detail of our being was ordained by God. And so every decision we make, we should sub be submitting to Him. That's obedience, to do my Father's will. That's, that's what we were created for. But not for my glory, not for your glory, but for the glory of the living God. And that's what we need to remember. He's done it all. I can't do anything that will impress him. He knows everything about me. He knows what I'm capable of, both good and bad. There's nothing I can do. I used to tell people, there's nothing you can do that will make me love you more or less. Well, I learned that from God. I cannot do anything to make him love me more or less. He loves me, period. End of story. That's where it is. And he's done it all. The mercy of God is available to you today, not because of what you've done or not done, but simply because God is merciful. The kindness of God is available to you today simply because God is kind. The provision of God is available to you because God is your provider. <coughs> The protection is because God is your protector. The love of God is available to you because God is love. Nothing we have done increases or decreases any of those characteristics of God. The only thing we have in it is the opportunity to reflect those things in the earth today. So I say to you, go reflect the glory of God. I'll talk to you next week. We're going to move into the beginning of creation and no, not the beginning of creation the end of creation the beginning of, of mankind's walk on the earth and how the enemy came in with different spirits that were uh, sown early on and we'll see a manifest here later in these horsemen so if you haven't if you haven't listened to sam i would encourage you to go listen to sam's teachings on the horsemen